scripture today is from um, Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For, he saw his star, for we saw his star when it rose, and he came, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, and that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the word of the Lord. I've been reminded that um, this is also the Sunday that youth go to their youth uh, discussion group. Um, so is, if you are a youth that's sixth grade to through 12th grade, um, please, you're dismissed at this time as well. I think most of them figured it out already. <clears throat> I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church. Good morning to y'all. And uh, we're going to start a mini Christmas sermon series entitled the Christmas cast, as in cast members, right? Um, where we look at people who are part of the original Christmas story. Um, this week I'm doing the wise men, of course, and last week Pastor Amari um, gave us the story of, followed the story of the um, shepherds, and I think we'll have Joseph done and maybe Mary or something. We'll, we'll, we'll get it all in there. Um, and so uh, this will be a four-week or five-week sermon series. Um, <clears throat> but my hope is that um, as we look at this original Christmas cast, we see here in the Bible that we may find our own roles, right? Our own places and place in the present-day Christmas pageant. That continues because Jesus is still alive. Where are you? And who are you this Christmas season in the light, in the announcement that Jesus Christ was born? Today, we look at some of the most popular cast members in the story of Jesus' birth, the wise men, who have become a regular appearance in the nativity scene, right? The nativity scene, which is second probably only to the Christmas scene. Christmas tree as an icon for Christmas. This time of year, they are on lawns, mantles, foyers, tables across this country. You know, you got baby Jesus, 
Joseph, Mary, and then these three or four wise men who help keep it real and keep things spiritual on Christmas. And they, for the most part, have not changed over the years, right? More often than not, they try to represent the spectrum, the, the racial and ethnic spectrum, right? You got sometimes have a, a blonde-haired mother and baby, typically. Palestinian. A dark-headed or red-headed Irish or Saxon-looking dude is Joseph. Some well-behaved Disney-like animals that neither smell of barnyard mess or without those rude, loud, snort, snot, slobbers producing animal noises. And with them, the wise men who also serve as some type of protection against civil rights litigation because we among these very uncommon European descent Middle Easterners, can't even say it right, we have at least one among the wise men who is ethnic. Typically, things have changed, y'all. Now I don't even give them colors. Usually like a glass thing or something, right? But you got to still look at the nose, right? <laughs> Sorry, I'm kind of letting y'all know how black people see things. We, 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 okay, you give the brown skin, but we still look at the lips and the nose. Is that us? Right? But we always have one among the wise men who's ethnic. One black or brown-skinned man with hair too straight to be typically African-American. Or maybe he's an Asian dude with a nose that is too long or straight to be typically Chinese or Korean. Shrouded in racial obscurity. The third wise man saves us from being racist. That's not what this sermon's about, by the way. I just wrote this a long time ago and... Well, most of it, this beginning, and I just wanted to say it again. I thought it was pretty neat. We'll get to it, I promise. It is the wise men who bring diversity and multi to most of our Christmases. The word token wise men come to reason, come to mind for some reason. But, but the magi, right? They're called. The wise men were more than tokens of God's politically correct Christmas. They played a key role in God's Advent message to us. These diplomats from the east, east of Jerusalem, show us a couple of things I want us to see. Just a couple. There are many there. I urge you to go back and look at the story. I urge you to get some commentaries. I urge you to, to flesh out and dig out some more stuff. It's all kind of neat things there. I just can't do it in the time we have. But two things I want us to see this morning. That firstly, we all come to Christ for different reasons. And with different reasons, right? But God alone, secondly, he alone makes us truly wise to Christ. We all come at different reasons. But God alone is the one who makes us wise to Christ. So, yeah, I kind of clown the lack of anthropological intelligence um, of, of the way our wise men typically look, our nativity scene typically looks. But the theological intent in making it such a diverse thing with the one and two people who really probably should be there more than the others, but the one and two people may be right on. Because it is true, as we see from this passage, we come to Christ from a very diverse background, right? 
for different reasons, for different motives, and from different places. These magi, as your scripture says in verse 1, I mean, verse 1, were called wise men for good reason. Because they were council men, if you will. So I studied who they could have been. They, they, they were leaders. They were ambassadors. Possibly royal representatives of their countries. Not necessarily the actual king of the country. It was their job to be wise. What do I mean, mean by wise? To know what was going on politically. And who was in power around them. And then to be wise in negotiating and exercising diplomacy to keep theirs going and alive. Don't put too much on a present day thinking uh, uh, on, on them saying they want to worship him in verse 1. They're not going to a worship service. They most likely believe in the spiritual nature of kings. And thus worship is like bowing down saying, you the man, our own gods even say you the man. Look at that star. So they thought it was there or at least one of his gods saying this is the king. And as possible polytheists who believed in more than one God, they at least respected the God of Israel who might have put a star up there. And so it made sense that they kept tabs. On the internet of their day, the sky. We can, and what we can gather from what we know about the Magi at this time and how things worked back then, their motive was more than likely seeking security for their countries at a very tumultuous time. They were seeking peace for their people. And the way you did that is you went and visited the kings. You went and visited the, the, the kings that were born who were going to grow up and rule countries. And you would go there and you would, and you would bow down to them. And you would say, we're here for you. Remember us. Let's make a treaty now while you're a kid, right? This is what they did. And it showed respect to the king and to the god or gods who revealed that this person was special. And it makes much more sense when you consider who the present king of the Jews was. Our scripture talks about King Herod. Let me tell you about King Herod and why these wise men thought it was important to bow down to somebody, especially the next one. King Herod had his wife strangled at some point. He had his sons executed so that they wouldn't try to kill him and become the king. He had a popular priest drowned because the priest was taking too much star off of him. He had, now hear this, he had nobles deemed to be executed when he would die so that there would be greater crying and mourning when he died. They the magi. And if you read the rest of the story, you know the man didn't mind genocide, right? He went and killed all the babies trying to get Jesus killed, right? So... These magi were believing at the very least that they were being wise diplomats towards the king of the Jews. Do you get this? And, and, and when I read some more stuff and it was apparent that, that it, this could have been uh, Herod's nephew. Right? And they thought, okay, we got to worship this kid who, who's coming. Because remember, Bethlehem was like a suburb of Jerusalem, like the Matthews of Jerusalem, if you will. 
when you think about the distance. But, but being so close to where King Herod lived, the star might have meant another potential superpower out of the West. A kingpin, the big boss, right? Which would provide protection and mercy for their countries in the now and future. Basically, they were going to kiss the ring to protect theirs and those they led. But they're not the only ones in the story with motives to come to Christ. Some other motives were not too noble, were they? Look at verse 1 with me again. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Now, this wasn't, I know, I know your nativity scene is a little off, y'all. Because the uh, wise men were not there on the night Jesus was born. Right? The passage says they came into the house where the child was there. Right? Into a house, not a manger. Right? They're back home. Okay, sorry. All right? That's y'all manger scene. It's a little off. All right. It's not biblical, but it's nice. It's nice. It's neat. It all works together. Right? They didn't go to the, to the um, birth ward. Okay? He was already born. Probably walking around a little toddler or something. Okay. But look, look what happens here. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was reborn. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Right? Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time uh, the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring word to me that I may come and worship him. Motives. Both Herod and the Jews. The Bible tells us we're troubled by the birth of Jesus and, 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 and they were troubled by Herod. They were motivated to stay in charge, right? This is, this is Herod's motivation. I want to know about Jesus. I want to go to the Christmas service. Why? For Because of his insecurity. He sought to know more about and seek Jesus to get rid of him and at the very least discredit him. Welcome to Christmas. With Jesus and his birth all out there on the lawn, on the, bir on, on the Christmas, I said birthday card. That's about right. The Christmas cards. In the name of the holiday Christmas. No, it isn't. It's happy holidays. Look at your Starbucks cup. Right? All of that stuff. It calls out, right? And it puts on blast our real reasons and motives toward Jesus. And they are as diverse as the number of people in this room. Don't you know right now, just think about this crazy thought. If we were to take a picture of this room, right? Knowing that this worship service, do y'all know the name of this church? Christ Central Church, Right? You came to hear about who? Christ. All right? We up here sweating and singing so you can know about who? Christ. We like the angels in the story. We just singing songs, talking up, right? So you can know, not me, Christ. Right? 
And, and so if we were to take a snapshot of this room, right, this could be like the new nativity scene, right? Like here are people, they're drawn on Sunday. They saw the day. They heard 10 a.m., 3646 Central Avenue, and they came to worship him, right? Have you ever thought about that? Like, and imagine if we took the snapshot, and then 2,000 years later, this is, like, this is our nativity scene. It'll cost too much because too many people in this room. And it, you know, anyway, but you understand what I'm saying. They would just take a cross-section. There you walking out the church, right? Boom, nativity scene, right? You worshiping just a minute ago, nativity scene. These were people who came and were drawn to worship Christ all the way from Matthews. What would be your story? Who are you today under the star of Christ? Think what motives are really living in your heart right now. Think what reasons are going on. Where did you come from? Who are you really and why are you really here? We all have hidden and complex personal motives and stories for why and what we want to get out of Christ and his kingdom. Some of you are wanting moral answers. Tell me what's right and wrong, Pastor Brown. And I could, but you would still get it wrong every single time. You could do all the right things and still be wrong here. Right, Lord, I mean, Pastor Brown, I, I, I need some, you know, like, like his own disciples wanted a political answer, right, to, to, a, to a heart issue. Pastor Brown, tell me where I need to fit in the spectrum, right? Others are here because you want your kids and family to be raised right. Others are here because really deep down, we are simply afraid of the world inside of ourselves. You're like, man, I'm really messed up. I got to get over to that Christ Central Church this morning. Some of you here because you don't want to look bad in front of your husband and wife. You had to come. Some of you kids are here because you don't want your ear twisted, right? You, you had to come. You want to be able to play that PlayStation this afternoon, right? You want to be able to watch the game. If you didn't come to church, you weren't watching the game. You're going to be up in your room. Man, let me tell you, when we didn't go to church, <coughs> mama, I'm sick. It's back in old days. I can't go to church. <coughs> All right, you can stay home. No TV. And there's no way you're going to be feeling better later to go out to be with your friends. Because it's amazing. You stay home from church. <coughs> Mama. And right around 2 o'clock, yes. So some of y'all here because you had to be here. No choice. Others are here because... We're troubled by sickness or abuse or pain. We need some security. We need some hope. We need that stuff we see on the Christmas cards. And you remember last year I talked about in my sermon how to, you ever see, man, I love that thing. Still can't afford it this year. You ever see that big joy sign that they got at Lowe's? Oh my Lord, second year I talked about it. I would get it one day. I got a little one like this. But the J is as tall as I am. That ain't hard to do. But it's tall. J-O-Y. Not J-O-B. J-O-Y. Right? Like, 
right there. And, and, and I, we see these things in life all the time. Joy and hope and peace and happiness and angels, right? And your heart gets excited and your, and your motivation is getting some of that. Some of us just hoping we can belittle him another year. And squeeze out our own reason for the season. And Christmas is a holiday that sometimes put our motive, motives out there. Because he is out there in a very unique way. And driven by diverse motives, if you will, the Magi show us that we come from different paths and places in the story. Look again at verse 1 and 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east. Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who's been, born king, who's been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So, we know that these are the Magi. Ooh, I like this because you know I like documentaries and all that. I went on a search of the Magi. And what I learned, you might not want to keep the Magi on your lawn. Or mantle. When you hear in, about who they are and how they got to where Jesus is, it ain't too biblically systematic or confessional, y'all. They were Zoroastrians, many of them. They were astrologists. They believed the stars could tell you about yourself. Don't believe that stuff in here, okay? All right? But I'm not giving you permission. Just... Don't be picking up the paper. I'm an Aquarius. No, don't, don't start that. This is what I should. And you know what's funny? Y'all laughing because a lot, a lot of y'all, y'all still go look at that astrology paper, don't you? Just like I don't eat the fortune cookies, but something in me wants to believe. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The fortune cookie never says anything bad. You're an idiot. You shouldn't be looking at this. Or, you know, we should have like the slip in like the Christian fortune cookie. Correct. Look at, why are you looking at us? God's already spoken to you in the scripture very clearly from God. And you believe in a computer printout, right? Like, but we still look at that, right? Some of y'all like, you want to peek? Oh, I feel so much better. They were magi. Short for magicians. Dumbledore and I said it right, Gandalf, Merlin, right? These are people we wouldn't allow to be members of our church, right? They were wise men, but they couldn't be elders at this church, right? Because they'd be at session meeting talking about, well, let's look at the astrology to know what to do, right? Well, no, no, that, that, that ain't cutting it. They probably knew some of the scripture because they, they, they were pretty eclectic, if you will, in their sources of knowledge, right? These are like the Renaissance thinkers. They were called wise men because their actions might have been wise politically, spiritually, uh, for their version of spiritual. I did a little study again on the Magi, anywhere from Persia. I studied the one in Persia and India or Egypt. Uh, some of these Magi taught the future resurrection of men to a deathless existence. 
Okay, check. They believe in a resurrection to eternal life, right? Great, but not quite the Christian kind, all right? Some form cast of priests called shamans and were skilled in oniromancy, which is the interpretation of dreams, astrology, astronomy, and magic. The word magic is derived from the religious learning and occult practices of the magi. As ancient mystics, they believed in the possibility of union with the divine nature by means of ecstatic contemplation, reliance on spiritual intuition as the means of acquiring knowledge of mysteries inaccessible to understanding. I know they sound crazy, but some of y'all Christians just as bad. I just feel God's talking to me. I just, my destiny, I'm going to pursue it. Who gave you that? You didn't even open the Bible. I know. What my destiny is to be rich and famous and this and that, right? Who told you that? We always feeling our way around. Even as believers, we're pretty syncretistic. We have all kinds of reasons we think we should be where we got to go. We all imagining things in our head, aren't, don't we? I do it. I make all kinds of decisions. I think this is right for me. I ain't prayed a bit. What am I going to do today? Who knows? I ain't going to ask God. I'm just going to go follow the stars. Following what I feel, following my spiritual intuition, right? We, we do it. Let's face it. In some way, we're all kind of magical in our way we live our lives. We just roll the dice, don't we? In a lot of things. Some of y'all married to folk because you roll the dice, right? We'll get to it. God's good. Don't try to roll the dice to get out. That ain't going to work. It don't work that way. I rolled the dice to get in. I just had this deep feeling. And then you get in two or three years, you're like, doggone, I'm in deep. How can I put it? They were spiritually out there. And what us Christians might call pure pagan in their beliefs. I can imagine, right? I'm, I'm just, I like to recreate the story in my mind. So just go with that, all right? It's Howard Brown's production of the Christmas pageant just for a minute. But I could imagine along with the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they rolled up with astrological tattoos on their bodies and faces. Like some of y'all do up in here. I see all the tattoos and all. That ain't godly. Just kidding. Just kidding. The Bible says, no, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm just joking. But, but they had like the looking glasses with look and the sky and oh something coming right or, or portable crystal balls on their belts with talismans that's rabbit foot right and, and good luck charms in their hands possibly perfumed and arrayed with offensive religious ways to the jews they were visiting right some of the magi helped write the book of the dead y'all remember the money mummy movie yeah who remember that the guys who were kind of protecting the mummy those were the magi the ones are going blah, 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 and the mummy comes up that was them the ones who weren't afraid of the mummy, saying all the stuff, bringing the money up. No, you're supposed to be afraid of that. Those are the magi. They were the first to wear dreads, probably, and possibly believed in some spiritual property of the hair. To some of them, their music was spiritual. It was never just entertainment. You know, I thought about that, that the music, like, it was spiritual, the way they beat the drums. Remember the drummer boy? What if he came in with the Magi? Pa-pa-rum-pa-rum-pa-rum, paying my drum for you. Y'all remember that? What if he's with the Magi trying to conjure up some spirits? We don't know. He's not in the Bible. We don't know. The drummer boy might have been drumming up some demons. We don't know. 
playing my drum for you. We don't know. We're getting there, though. We're getting there. My point is we bring all kind of crazy stuff in the presence of Christ. And as much as I disagree, let me make this clear. As much as I disagree completely, and the Bible disagrees with seeking God in any other way that he has been made official, like in the Bible, right? Like prayer in Jesus' name, being discipled in a Bible-believing church, and so on. Not all of us have such a straight, biblical, religious, systematic, confessional, covenantal path to Christ. And some of y'all covenantal paths ain't as straight as you think they are. It's only covenantal because God's there. Not because you got there. We'll get to that in a minute. I mean, think about it. Herod and the Jews in verses 3 through 6, they have the scripture. You can't get it more straight. Like, think about the, 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 the wise men. They follow all kind of potentially crazy stuff. The, 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 the stars and, and this and that and some, you know, obscure testimony they may have known about and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And here is Herod and the Jews. They got the scripture. And what happened? They missed it. Why do I say that? Not to make you lose confidence in the scriptures. But so you can lose confidence in your wisdom. More than God's. Man, you don't, I don't even have to tell y'all how many times people take this and they make a mess. Just look at a lot of the churches. I, I don't want to come down on churches. Maybe we're one of them. I don't know. I hope not. When people take this, come on. We know the scriptures. And then they create all kind of foolishness. They use the Bible like the magic book. Conjuring up all kind of stuff God never intended. What I want you to see and embrace is that Jesus is kind of a center set reality. What do I mean by that? He's in the middle. Right? Life is not a line. Or even in a square. In my mind, I look at it, it's like a sphere. Right? And Jesus is in the middle of it. And we all stand on the outside. And though some of us are on journeys that may be twisted and our motives and reasons renegade compared to many from where Jesus stands and, and what it takes to know him and see him, guess what? Is no closer or further than any other person. Because he alone's holy. We say that, but we don't believe that. Not even the most religious person, as we can see from the Jews who have the scripture, having the straightest line, not any closer to being there than even the wise men. I want to encourage and discourage you at the same time. Your morals and social justice stances, some of y'all are social justice freaks, you read everything. You know everything that's wrong. And you know everybody who's wrong doing it. You on Facebook and Instagram and chick chat and whatever. <laughs> Sorry, just came out wrong. I'm getting old. Some of my parents. Chit chat. Put an R on that with a circle around it. That's mine. 
But y'all are all in the things. You got it right. You have your good deeds and theological understanding. Some of y'all even have degrees and all in theology. Does not actually in and of itself bring or make you wise enough to bear where you need to be, to be where you need to be in the worship and adoration of Christ as Lord. God alone draws us to that place. Oh, now you got to worship him, right? People are drawn by God as they follow the stars, if you will. That he has sent up as a beacon in our lives and world. With his purpose and plan to draw you. I knew my Calvinism would come out pretty explicit soon enough. You can't draw yourself to God. You can't be wise enough. You can't be the Waze. W-A-Z-E. You know the app? I'm I'm feeling pretty smart because I got it. But away from MapQuest. I hated punching in MapQuest in the search, in the internet, the Safari, and then going there to the website. No, but I got an app now. Map. Okay, anyway. Here's the deal. Having the personal ways in your life is not what draws you to Christ. Right? God may use it like he uses a star. (laughs) But he alone orchestrates it in his sovereignty, in his kingship, in his wisdom and weaving all the pieces together. You know, I'm 46, right? So I'm not the oldest man around. But I'm old enough to look back over 10, 10, 10, 10 years at a time. I had no idea how he was weaving my life. It was him. You know, it's funny. The, 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 the wise men said, what? We saw whose star? His star. It was him. So many of this time, this time of year, especially drawn by or led by all sorts of motives right into the cast of Christmas. But it is God himself alone who drew us there to him. What's your star today? What have you been gazing at and following is it again following hope and peace and contentment and healing a sense of worth or justice and someone to lead your life do you see that that the star your own guiding principles may have stopped right over the place where you and those around you may see and know the lord god brings us to a place by his power to see and know him Look again at verse 1 and 2. We're wearing out verse 1 and 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. 
And then look, look at what happened when they meet Jesus, uh, meet the child Jesus, because Herod is trying to kill Christ. And so that he tells him some bogus story about, hey, I want to join y'all and worship him. No, he, he wasn't going there to worship, right? He was going to end the worship service, right? He was going there to be like, that's it. We taking him out. I mean, he killed hundreds upon hundreds of children to try to weed Jesus out. But look what happened in verse 12. Um, it says here, and, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. A dream. All right, I'm going to try to connect this for y'all. Remember what oniromancy is? The ability of God to speak to you in dreams. And then look at verse 2. We saw his star. They were astrologists, right? The dream and the astrology, right? The star were God's provision to draw them to where they needed to be. Well, be careful here. Everyone is in darkness. No one knows what and why they are feeling and reading and where they're going. And I've told you all this a, a couple of times. You know why? I came to Christ. I told y'all this. Because I was failing algebra. And, and it just so happened that my mother at that time was sort of in the charismatic church. And they kind of believed to name it and claim it. Right? Like God's there to help you get what you want and be successful to meet your destiny. And my destiny was to get an A. But I wasn't studying for my destiny. <laughs> Funny how that worked, don't it? I wanted an A. I didn't want to do the work. I went to Christ for his power to change my graves. Pastor Brown, how did you become a pastor? First step. I failed algebra. <laughs> and I thought God was Santa Claus. And he was just handing out good grades for those who would pray for what they want. And if you have a good reason, God will give it to you. That ain't the Bible. All right? I got a good grade. God worked it out so that my mom was at a soccer game with some woman who says, how is Howard doing in algebra? He ain't doing good. Good. I mean, sorry, but have him come over. I'm going to be his tutor. Free. Tutor. Good. A's. Right? A's throughout high school because of that time. Right? But I ended up becoming a worshiper of Christ. Why? Because I was wise. I knew that asking God to give me an A in algebra would lead me to my knees before Christ. Because of my wisdom? You have no idea. Some of you, what you're feeling. 
Some of y'all are going between the Bible and the astrology page. You know, you have no idea in and of yourselves just how dangerous the world is. Like, 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 like the Magi in, in the death of Jesus. They just got, I've got a dream, go a different way. They probably would have been killed too. Because Herod didn't want them going back to their countries and telling anybody. You know, I've heard people tell, I've heard this, 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 this illustration of, man, if we could just take Polaroid, that's a picture you take and the, and the film comes out immediately. If, okay, if we could just take a picture, right, in, 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 of your life where you're not looking, right in the background is a car going by that didn't hit you. And you didn't know. Right there, if we could take a snapshot of your mind that said, let me go with this person here, right? And you didn't go. Why? Somebody else was carrying your story. We're fueled by all kinds of stuff on the inside. So in this story and in this nativity scene, there may be magi and in their story, King Herod and scribes and religious people, but with all, but all are in darkness. There is only one wise person with clear motives. And that is the Lord. We are all unwise in our methods and our motives, but the way he orchestrated the Magi's trip for his glory, it tells us that he had to be wise to speak to them in the darkness, not them. God has to actually be wise and powerful enough to find people like us in the darkness of our motives and methods and thoughts, to be wise about our brokenness, to be wise about our sufferings, to be wise about how twisted we are, to be wise even back then about the whole magi culture and people and the way King Herod thinks and the people in Jerusalem, he had to know, he had to see it all for everyone involved to make us wise to know Christ. Look y'all, I don't care how well you think you know yourself or your, or your Bible, the only wisdom that brings that Bible to, to, to life. The, the, the only wisdom that brings you where you think you want to go. But God needs and requires you is his knowledge of you. His ability and drive to see you in a dark place where you can't even see yourself. To know your feelings and motives better than you know your own. And use those with divine expertise to shape you and lead you. And use all in and outside of you to bring you into his story of mercy and grace and glory. Y'all know uh, who Helen Keller was? Or She died in 1968, I think. Man, every time, this time, every time this time of year, okay, yeah. When I was growing up, they would have the Helen Keller story. The movie was made in 1962. About a woman who was blind and deaf. Right? And just for the story, so you know, she ends up graduating from Harvard, right? Bachelor's degree, blind and deaf woman. And her parents wanted to institutionalize her because she was hard to handle. And the name of the movie was The Miracle Worker. Right? The movie was not about the miracle of Helen Keller. But the miracle worker, Ann Sullivan, who tutored Helen. Right? By being close to her in the darkness. 
in the silence to somehow give her the ability to feel and see and live in the light of her dignity. Has not the Lord done that with us? He sees you in your darkness. He you knows the scripture in the Old Testament. This is Christmas scripture. It says the people are groping around in darkness. That's us. That's your friends. That's your neighbors. That's your family. We're, we're groping. We can't see. We can't always hear. But God's wise enough to send light in a way you in your darkness can know it. You know it made the wise men wise. That God's wisdom had reached them. I love this story. The Bible says when they got there, they were exceedingly joyful. And they fell down and they worshiped him. They were broke, y'all, by what they saw. They were bent inside. They couldn't help themselves. You know, the best birthday parties especially if you couldn't get over to Target to get a gift for nobody, are the ones when the parent throws a party and that thing is hype, right? They got the bouncing thing. They got the face painting. Maybe he's at the Great Wolf Lodge, right? And they paid for the tickets. That's my kind of birthday party. Where the birthday party is better than any gift you can bring. I love that. That's what happened with these wise men. They came with their gifts fit for a king. And they got to a celebration where God's gift was bigger than theirs. And God's wisdom was greater than theirs. I don't know where you are. I don't know where your friends are, your family are this Christmas. But know this. Christ alone is the wise man. He alone took the most treacherous journey. Not the Magi. He followed God's will to come to this place. And unlike the Magi, he didn't escape death. But died for each one of us. That we can worship him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. For being wise for us. And drawing us to you. We've come from all kind of backgrounds. All sort of motives. Year in and year out. Things change. Seems like we love you better in year three. And then year five we fall off. We do very unwise things. 
We seek all kind of foolishness because we're desperate inside. Lord Jesus, find us in the darkness. Be faithful and wise to draw us. We're deaf and blind sometimes to your will. Even when it's sitting right in our face. Communicate to us. Drive us, draw us to you. I pray, Lord, that as we go to our friends and families this Christmas, those who don't know you, that we would be encouraged that God alone draws. He alone breaks us and bends us to worship him. And we can trust in that power and that wisdom as we tell the story of how Christ sent his son. Please, we pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.